All right. All right. Uh, I'm going to do a show. I've got to move my cords and move this thing and get my notes in order. I'm doing this a whole different way, and I don't know if it's going to be a good kind of way or a bad kind of way, but I'm doing it. I'm doing it. On to the intro. Hi folks, welcome to the Friday show here on the Culture Jack podcast. I'm your host, Dustin. Welcome to the show. I hope you enjoyed that wonderful new opening intro. Had a friend uh, make it. He's he's actually got a TikTok where he's got a bunch of featured music on it. It's called Execute Beats. Give that a listen if, uh, you know, the because I put it in the description in the last couple, last couple videos. Maybe not videos, but I did it in the the podcast. So check that out. He does a bunch of good stuff, a bunch of really cool, cool stuff as well. I am doing the podcast in a way that I have never done the podcast before. Typically, I will write out bullet points on a on a list that I can then talk about. And so I take all the articles and things that I want to talk about. I write them out on bullet points. And then, you know, go through them, add my own personal flair where there's quotes. I'll go find the quote and and read the quote off as well to different news stories and things like that. This time, I, I've written down a bunch of things on, on sticky notes, and now they're out of order. Uh, and I've got all of my news stories on my phone, so... I don't know how it's going to go. I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see because this is a lot. It's a lot less prep work. And hopefully that doesn't show through the show. Show through the show. Hopefully that isn't um, immediately apparent through maybe some lack of preparation that you perceive in the actual show. I'm talking about it too much. Maybe I'm nervous. You make me nervous. Why are you making me so nervous? Why don't you help me relax? Go to it. When are you going to go through it? I don't know what that song is. I know it's from Zoolander. I mean, it's not from Zoolander. It's from something else first entirely. Gosh dang it. On the show today, we are going to talk about 2020 and what a year it was. We are also going to talk about 2021 and what a year it's going to be. We're going to talk about Wonder Woman. We're going to talk about a Resident Evil movie. We're going to talk about... A couple of actors that have beef with their directors and production studios in their movies. But before we get into all of that, Anthony got to say his goodbyes to 2020 on his little bit of madness on Monday. Did you catch the Monday Madness episode? It was it was a wonderful episode and he talked about 2020. He talked about it with kind of the 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 deep nostalgia that that a person might have for 
an infected toenail. He he he. Though there are some bright spots, you could really tell he was enthused about the new year. That he was excited to be turning the corner on this nightmarish hellscape that we've all been subjugated to. Um, I, it hasn't been that bad. We've talked about it. He, he talked about it. It wasn't that bad. But he also talked about the history of swear words starring Nicolas Cage. It's coming out soon. Cobra Kai. He talked about the movie Soul and Wonder Woman 1984. Talked a little bit about Dungeons and Dragons. Overall, a wonderful episode. So if you did not have the great fortune to see the clips that he posted on Facebook or to hear the podcast in its entirety, go listen to that episode. He would very much appreciate it. I would very much appreciate it. And then not to be outdone. I had a bonus episode this week. Did you guys hear my bonus episode? It was on Wednesday and Anthony and I, we are putting out a Wednesday special now. And it has become so special that out of the last four weeks, we've hit three Wednesdays with this special. So you may get another special this next Wednesday. I know things to look look forward to, things to be excited about. I am also very excited. So we can enjoy that together. In fact, at the time of this recording, we may have recorded that episode last night. <laughs> um we may be becoming like a tri-weekly release. It could be like a, a, a three-square meal sort of situation for your tum-tum. <laughs> uh, but the special that I did on Wednesday was exclusively about Cyberpunk 2077. And I told you I was going to talk about that game again. But I figured that that game is it's too much to be to be just kind of pigeonholed and set aside as some footnote in the Friday show. On the Friday show, I like to, of course, talk about news that interests me. I like to talk about, you know, just like certain concerted thoughts that have been have been rattling around in my brain um, that I like to get out, and sometimes in essay form. So those, those ones I do uh, write out on occasion. Okay, almost exclusively now. I didn't before. I think Spider-Man, Mom and Dad are fighting, was my first one that I really kind of got and said, okay, these are the points that I need to hit. So anyway, I I think that's been going well. But if you do tune in to that episode on Wednesday and are a person who plays Cyberpunk 2077, just be aware that I am not holding anything back. This is a spoiler-filled episode, and it was only the first part. I'm going to do more of these cyberpunk specials, and they all are going to contain spoilers from those sections of the story that I have already that I've already uh, played through. So stay tuned for that as well. Um, unlike Anthony. I did not see Soul yet. Soul came out on Disney Plus on the 25th. I think it came out Christmas. And I want to see it. I've heard very good things about it. It is is supposed to be very fun. I did watch a couple of weeks ago, another animated film though, The Crudes, A New Age. I think it's A Crudes, A New Age. But it's got all the normal characters from the other ones. And it's also got Peter Dinklage uh, in it and... 
Peter Dinklage and Nicholas Cage's interaction, it, it's wonderful. It's wonderful in this movie. It's so funny. I've talked about on the podcast before, and I've talked about with Anthony before, how I am enjoying this. I don't want to say it's a it's a, a resurgence, but maybe a resurgence, maybe a renaissance of a the classical slapstick comedy in animation, though, where it has died out in live action. Animation has picked up the torch and carried it. And so I think this and this film in particular, The Crudes, A New Age, it does a lot to service that genre of film. And so I, I, I did not see Soul. I saw Crudes. But like Anthony, I also saw Wonder Woman 1984. And so... To get it out of the way, I am a, I'm a big fan of Wonder Woman, the original. I think it was maybe 2017, 2018 that that came out. No, maybe it was 2016. I don't know. Whenever Wonder Woman came out, I, I very much enjoyed it. I was in the theater. I was on the edge of my seat. I was slapping my knees. I was so excited. Uh, about this movie, especially when she came out of the trench during the war and she was marching through the battlefield and they're trying to mow her down. She's got the shield. I got goosebumps. It was so, it was so dang good. It was so dang fun. And 1984 didn't have the same effect on me. It was a good movie. I, I think they could have used a little bit more attention to their wire work in some cases where they had Wonder Woman running at a, a, a superhuman speed. She was, she looked very, very goofy and very janky running. Like she just wasn't touching the ground. Like there was no impact. There was nothing that I felt as she ran. And so that wire work. And then there was one moment where she rescued two children Spoiler alert, if you went into the movie thinking she might not rescue two children, this is absolutely the opposite of what actually happened because she did rescue two children. But when she rescued these two children, she grabbed them and she rolled and tried to protect them and hold them. Uh, and one of them was very obviously a doll. Like, I know it's, it's movie magic. And I'm watching a thing about superheroes and... Uh, abnormal and superhuman feats of strength but gosh there is nothing to break my immersion and just take me out of the fantasy that you have helped build for me build for the audience in this scene like there being a very obvious doll in the scene like it just it was an easy mistake like if you had legitimate complaints about the plot or anything those could be subjective and very you know well everyone's got their own taste sort of thing but I think everyone's taste when going into a fantastic movie like this is to is to think that the movie is is doing its best to help you suspend your disbelief and so I liked it uh Gal Gadot she was amazing in it as well Kristen Wiig as Cheetah was amazing, and I had to go look online for her comic book origins because the way that that Cheetah became Cheetah 
in this movie, it seemed a little hackneyed to me. It seemed a little, I don't know, just just like they threw in the town. They're like, well, this is the excuse because this is what's already going on. So this is your your villain's origin story. And I looked online and she's got a dramatically different origin online. So I don't think it'd be a spoiler to tell you unless you were expecting to go in and have the same comic book origin story. But in the comic books, I guess there were several different origins as, you know, comics are constantly being reinvented. But in the in the comics, there was one where she was an anthropologist of some kind. She found this tribe and they were they were worshiping. They were preparing a a sacrifice I believe, and then they were attacked and she rescued a priestess and they were like hidden in this tomb. And what they were doing is they were going to summon this ancient cheetah God and, and and put them in the body of the, of the priestess. Well, the, the character, Barbara, she decided she wanted the tiger God or cheetah God inside of her body. So she did, she sacrificed and she, but because she wasn't a virgin, like it was kind of a demented version of this cheetah God. And so <laughs> I feel like I'm a demented version of a cheetah God. Is that, is that conceited to say? Is that weird to say? How does it make you feel? It makes my nipples stand on end. That's weird to say. I don't know why. But anyway, comic book version, very different. Uh, Pedro Pascal played uh, Maxwell Lord. And a lot of people were saying that there were allusions to some of our uh, current day politicians in that character, but I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I saw, um, I mean, he was a businessman. He, uh, he, oh gosh, I want to spoil it for you so bad, but I I just, I won't. Um, Anthony and I talked about it. It is a very interesting, like a lot of these movies, I know I'm all over the place with this, and this isn't even in my notes. Obviously, I haven't picked up my notes yet, but uh, we were talking about a lot of these movies, these big superhero movies. They kind of come to a climax with, you know, it's a blue beam out of the sky, or it's going to destroy the world, or, you know, all of mankind is going to die. It's just these very cataclysmic things, and this was as well, but the way that they did it, the take that they had on it was very interesting. It was very, I'm not going to spoil it for you. That's all I'll say about Wonder Woman 1984. Maybe uh, you'll hear Anthony and myself talk a little bit more about it on Wednesday or a following Wednesday or when Wonder Woman 3 comes out because that's in the news as well. Oh, this is not what I'm doing next. I'm doing this. Uh, so I have my telephone here. And my telephone has all of the news that I want to talk about today. And I didn't write it down. So I'm terribly nervous. Please forgive me if it seems like I am I am rambling incoherently today. So the first bit of news has to do with Wonder Woman as well. Wonder Woman 3 is in the works already. Um, and Gal Gadot and Patty Jenkins, the director, are set to return to it. Let's see if there's a quote that we can give you here. All right. So Warner Brothers chief Uh, Toby Emmerich said as fans around the world continue to embrace Diana Prince 
Driving the strong opening weekend performance of Wonder Woman 1984, we are excited to be able to continue her story with our real-life Wonder Woman, Gal and Patty, who will return to conclude the long-planned theatrical trilogy. Um, a lot of uh, the article goes on to say a lot of us watched the thing at home, and I did as well, and Anthony did as well, but it did gross $16.7 million at North American theaters, which (laughs) is the highest grossing theatrical release of a film since the pandemic. So that's good. That's good right there. Um, And I think it's, it's obviously grossed more than that. Uh, It had half of HBO max's subscribers, tuning in to see the thing. So just like Anthony, I assumed it was going to be a big draw for HBO max next on the agenda. uh, There's going to be apparently two separate Batman movie franchises at the same time at Warner brothers in DC. Uh, So who said this? I think it was uh, Hamada. What is his, what is his name? Uh, Walter Hamada, DC Films president, who will make an appearance later in the podcast. So stay tuned for that, though it is not for as such exciting news as this double Batman thing. So he said, I don't think anyone else has ever attempted this. But audiences are sophisticated enough to understand it. If we make good movies, they will go with it. So what's happening here is they are, they've got the Robert Pattison movie directed by Matt Reeves. And then they've got the formerly Ben Affleck Batman in the DC uh, extended universe. And he is supposed to be making his last film uh, in this universe as Batman in the Flash movie. And so the Flash movie is very exciting. Like I've said before, I'm excited about a multiverse, time-bending, space-distorting kind of movie. But after that, he's done. And, and that's fine because I think they have a perfect excuse to recast him. Just pull a Batman out of a different universe. It's a different actor. And then Bob's your uncle. You've got yourself your new Batman. You don't need to worry about Ben Affleck anymore. The other Batman movie is going to be the Matt Reeves one. And so you've got these two Batman, 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 Batman. You've got these two Batman growing up side by side. Mm. <laughs> Papa so proud. And... Uh, the Ben Affleck Batman will be part of the DCEU and the Matt Reeves Batman apparently is going to be kind of a separate thing uh, akin to the Joker movie or something along those lines. I'm cool with this. I think this is, I think this is great because this then gives DC, it gives Warner brothers an opportunity to build out these different universes and man, what an about face too, because DC has had long-running TV show series on networks like the CW. They had the Arrow series for a long time. And a lot of different characters did or did not show up or did or did not remain on those series 
when they were going to be used by one of these big blockbuster movies. And so I think the CW's Flash recently had a Flashpoint event where the two Flashes met and Ezra Miller showed up in the CW universe as an alternate dimension Barry Allen. But before, they wouldn't do anything like that. I think there was a character, Deadshot, when the movie Suicide Squad was coming out in the Arrow show, who they either killed off or he ran off or something, but they took that character out of the show because they didn't want audiences to be confused between the two different dead shots, even though one was played by a black actor, Will Smith, and the other was played by a Caucasian actor, some guy. It was a CW show. Forgive me for not noting, <laughs> knowing who it was, but they thought the audience would get con- confused. Who are all these dead shots playing, playing all these characters? There was a, a brief cameo by a silhouetted woman in an insane asylum on CW with uh, pigtails. And it's like, oh yeah, that's Harley Quinn, of course, but they didn't show her and they never used her again when developing the Suicide Squad for the Arrow. So it's nice to see that DC is really embracing this idea of a multiverse. I think it's it's incredible. I think it's going to pay off in big ways because then... You've got all of these actors to pull from and you have a multiverse event and one actor, you know, the contract's not getting along. Uh, They can't do it for one reason or another. Boom. Pluck another one out of the multiverse. That's just how it goes. That's how it goes in the comics. Why can't that be how it goes here for recasting? Why hasn't someone's face got melted off and then reconstructed as the new actor? I don't know, but there's all kinds of opportunities for these kinds of workarounds, I guess you could say, in the medium. Uh, in this article, they talk they talk more about you know Zack Snyder's Justice League uh, being being part of all this. They talk about the new Spider-Man movie that's got Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield and all those other other big name celebs in it. But yeah, yeah, we'll, and we'll talk a little bit more about Matt Reeves and Robert Pattinson. Uh, because apparently they're not they're not getting along very well. Um, in some rumor news, it looks like Joseph Gordon-Levitt has reportedly spoken to Marvel Studios about a film role. And in this article that I found, there are some people that are talking about him playing uh, Mr. Richard Reed Richards. Mr. Fantastic from the Fantastic Four. I don't like that casting. I don't like that casting. The rumor before was John Krasinski from The Office and from A Quiet Place. And that one where he's like the army dude, uh, Ryan, Jack Reacher was Tom Cruise. Uh, it's going to burn me up and someone's going to be yelling into their podcast that I that I didn't get this right. And I'm so sorry about it. Jack Ryan. Ryan Jack, I don't know, Jack-o'-lantern, Jack-in-a-box, Joseph Gordon-Levitt might be a Marvel character, who would he play? If it's in the Fantastic Four, I think maybe Johnny, Johnny Storm for the Human Torch, but not really, and he doesn't have the gravitas, I don't think, to play a Reed Richards, who could he play, who could he play? He could play a decent Iceman for the X-Men. He could he could play. He could play checkers is what he could play. 
Oh, shoot. Okay, so here's here's uh, in the, put this in the rumor mill, um, the Batman star Robert Pattinson is being pushed to his breaking point by control freak Matt Reeves. Um, so the, the article just talks about, uh, you know, Matt Reeves doing upwards of 50 takes for just like he's a perfectionist and he's just driving Robert Pattinson insane. He's got a, a, a very big aversion to thinking he's going to catch the coronavirus. And so he's doing all of his directing duties from a sleeping bag with goggles on. I don't know. It just, it seems very ridiculous. I don't even know why I'm echoing it. I don't even know why I am, I am repeating that news. Get out of here. In other uh, gossipy Holly, Hollywood news, because I know that's what you love. I know it. it's what you love. Justice League star Ray Fisher, the cyborg, won't take part in any project DC Films boss, here he is, Walter Hamada works on. Um, and we need to dive into this on the podcast at some point because... Ray Fisher has had a very outspoken time about his time on the Justice League set to include his kind of confrontations with Joss uh, Whedon and how Warner Brothers and DC leadership tried to brush it under the under the rug. But it looks like... Um, yeah, so there was an investigation. Warner Media did an investigation, and again, we got to get a little more detail on this because this little soundbite is not going to be enough to satisfy me. No doubt, uh, the the cultured, sophisticated tastes of our listeners will not be satiated by this this brief. But apparently, uh, there were some accused: Joss Whedon, Geoff Johns, and John Berg. Um, and it says that the cyborg actor Ray Fisher is apparently satisfied with how things ultimately panned out. So just kind of let that 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 percolate and fester in the back of your cerebellum there. And we'll talk a little we'll talk a little bit more about it later. OK, uh, on to some follow up news from one of Anthony's episode might have been his Monday, his most recent episode on Monday. But he talked about uh, Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. I don't know why it puts such extra emphasis on LaBeouf. But Shia LaBeouf was rumored to be also in talks with Marvel about a superhero role of some kind or maybe supervillain role of some kind. We don't know. But that seems to have all come crashing to a halt. Uh, recently, he had a um, lawsuit filed against him by a... I think, I think she's a singer... F FKA Twigs, uh, because she cited that he was both verbally and physically uh, ab abusive. So that hasn't uh, panned out yet, but she said it's caused her trauma. Uh, and then also, uh, apparently, there is an Olivia Wilde. Is it Olivia? Yeah, Olivia Wilde directed movie called Worry Darling that Shia was he was an actor on. Maybe he was the lead. I'm not sure. Oh, no, it's just a star-studded cast. doesn't say if he's the lead or not. But he was booted from the movie by Olivia Wilde because she has a, quote, no asshole 
policy, and she likes her film envir- environments to be highly collaborative. And he was replaced by Harry Styles. And it's a shame because Shia LaBeouf is a crazy person. He is a crazy human being, uh, and being crazy doesn't excuse you from being physically or verbally abusive. It doesn't excuse you from being an asshole on set, but um, he's a, he's kind of a brilliant actor. Like, ugh, it hurts my my soul and my buttocks to even say it, but he's... He's kind of, and I think he would be amazing in a Disney MCU film. Gosh, gosh, why, why do, why do all the good actors just got to be, you know, abusers or pedophiles or, or whatever. Anyway, uh, so that's it for movie news on to a gaming news. I know the, the reason why half of you are here. Or three of you are here. Two of you. I don't know. Who's all here for gaming? Let's talk about gaming a little bit. Sony is refunding uh, those who who purchased the game Maneater. If you haven't seen clips of this game, it's a fun-looking game. You're a shark. You can put armor on. You can become like a cyborg shark uh, because they are releasing it on PlayStation Plus. So that's a cool, cool thing. Because there's been a couple of times on Xbox where I have purchased a game only to have a couple months later it be offered for free on uh, Games for Gold or on Game Pass because I'm a subscribing member there. The Resident Evil movie has officially wrapped filming. So for those of you familiar with the older Resident Evil movie, I think it's the oldest one. I don't know. Was there one released in like the 80s that I don't know about? I don't think so. The the one in the 2000s. Was it 2000s or late 90s? I don't know. Good lord. Hold on. Let me let me just let me just look here. Let me just take a quick a quick peek. Uh Resident Evil release date. Hmm. 1996. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Wait. Oh, that's the game. That's that's the game. Resident Evil movie release date. Ah, looks like March 12th, 2002. So if you're curious, if you needed to know that information for the trivia team you're on at the local pub that you... I guess don't go to right now, but are going to go back to soon here. Hopefully Um, that will be some information that you'll need. No doubt. Okay. Where am I? I've lost everything. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Oh, but hopefully this new resident evil movie sticks a little bit closer to, you know, sticks a little bit closer to uh, the game, I think, and the T virus and the zombies I, who am I kidding? I don't know that game as well as as well as I think I'm sounding like I do. Apparently, I don't know how to talk either. Good lord! Uh, I just watched a new a new trailer for Apex Legends. They released one. So this is going to be very specific to those people that play Apex Legends. But there's a character called Pathfinder. He's a robot, and he's very very happy all the time. Um. Anyway, he 
was heavily featured in this cinematic and he was featured alongside a police detective who was looking for another character called Caustic, who he thought was dead, but is very obviously not dead. He's a competitor in Apex games. I played as him and against him several times. So I don't know if this is a tease for a new character in the game who is uh, going to be this cop fellow, perhaps. I mean, here's here's hoping. I honestly haven't played Apex Legends in a little bit. I've been... You know, cyberpunking it up, man. Here's a rumor that could happen. Uh, Ubisoft Plus may be coming to Game Pass. So uh, Ubisoft, just like EA, has their own online service that you can subscribe to. Uh, Uplay, I believe it's called. Anyway, if you remember, if you recall, EA Play was added to... Microsoft Game Pass as a kind of a benefit to Game Pass Ultimate subscribers. And so the rumor goes that Ubisoft Plus or Uplay and all of its all of its incredible library of games and that's all the Assassin's Creed games, what else does it have? All the Watch Dogs games, Far Cry, all of those would then be available to those who have a membership to Game Pass Ultimate. And so that'd be a That'd be a great deal, and I think a, a good addition to the service. I don't have Game Pass Ultimate. I just got I just got regular Game Pass. I can't afford another subscription service. I think it's like an extra five dollars a month. That's not bad. That's like one extra game a year. I should put together a presentation on uh, on this uh, Game Plus Game Pass Ultimate thing. So that's that's the rumor, and. It's it's interesting because this is followed up by a, a couple other rumors about Xbox and about Microsoft that have been floating around. And one of them is that Microsoft is getting ready to purchase another another big studio. If you remember late late in 2020, late last year, last year now, good Lord, it's the first, Happy New Year's, everybody, this is New Year's, oh shit, I almost forgot to say Happy New Year's, Happy New Year's, it's a new year, new you, you know, get that bicycle you've been meaning to get and, and join the bike race, or, you know, start, uh, start writing that book you meant to, or painting those pictures, or planting those flowers, or sewing those quilts, or getting a business degree, do what you want to do, um, because I hear, the first of the year is a great time to make dedicated resolutions that you'll definitely stick through uh, for the rest of the year. Do it. Do it. I dare you. You won't do it. You won't do it. Come on. What was I talking about? Where am I? Oh, yeah. Late last year, Bethesda was purchased. Bethesda and ZeniMax was purchased by Microsoft. And so all of those games, whoosh, right to Game Pass. And so one of the rumors is that Microsoft getting ready to make another big purchase. And I wouldn't be surprised except hearing these rumors about Ubisoft and Uplay makes me think, well, now, hold on a second. Most of these things, most of these games have a live service of some kind that they use. Why would Microsoft go to buy these studios when they could just add them to their Game Pass service, which is what they want to do. They want to get people into the ecosystem. They want to make Game Pass as an attractive 
a service as they possibly can. So it gives me pause to think, why would they buy any more studios? But I guess there is also the argument of them having additional first-party con- content that will keep at bay those PlayStation fanboys and fangirls saying, oh, well, Microsoft has no exclusives. Bitch, yes, they do. And they're gonna. And they're gonna. So the last bit of news that I have here comes from this. It's a list of <laughs> rumors. You know it's a you know it's a trusted resource when you just have like a top ten list, uh, top ten biggest rumors about Xbox. And this was from this was from six days ago, time of the reading, time of the broadcast. It's going to be eight days ago. So number ten, In Exile Entertainment is currently working on a steampunk triple A RPG. The game supposedly has the second highest budget for an Xbox game in development, aside from Halo. And uh, that's not to include Bethesda or Zenimax. Number nine. Obsidian is developing six projects, including three AAA RPGs. Having grown quite quickly and depending on how lightly in development is being used, this may be true. So already Obsidian has got the Outer Worlds, which wasn't exclusive, but Grounded wasn't exclusive by Obsidian. And I, I have no doubt they're going to continue supporting Grounded. But then there's Avowed. What else is there? Outer Worlds 2, maybe? So you got Outer Worlds Outer Worlds 2, possibly, this Avowed game. And then you've got... They also had, what was it, Pillars of Eternity? So maybe another Pillars of Eternity. So that's like four games, potentially if you include grounded grounded's continued service as as a game that they're developing what are the other two i don't know and this is just a rumor all oh, this could be false number 8 xbox has secured publishing rights for a big unannounced triple a surprise that will launch in 2021 that's this year guys what's going to happen I don't know. Number seven, xCloud will be joining several new markets next year, including iOS and Samsung TVs. I have a Samsung TV. (laughs) Excellent. Uh, Several additional titles are launching exclusively to the Xbox ecosystem next year with Forzen, Forzen, Forzen Horizon, (laughs) Forza Horizon 5, Starfield, and Wolfenstein 3. Number five, rumor we just talked about, Uplay is going to be coming to Xbox Game Pass subscription, just like EA Play did uh, this time uh, for holiday 2021. Uh, number four, Xbox will be dropping Xbox Live Gold or rolling it into the Game Pass service. Free uh, to play games will not require any subscription. So it sounds like the games for gold will continue, but you will not need a subscription in order to play them. That's I always applaud, I'm always excited about when there is more accessibility to people that maybe can't afford games or maybe can't even afford a subscription to a live service like that. I mean, it's it's really a cool thing, but it's just a rumor. We'll see. Number three, all non-MMO Bethesda and ZeniMax titles will be exclusives starting in 2020. 21 non 
massively multiplayer online games. Hmm. So does that mean not just the next Fallout and not just the next uh, Skyrim? What's that world called? Elder Scrolls. Not just the next Elder Scrolls and, and Fallout, but previous games as well? Excuse me? Are they taking Fallout 3 off of the PlayStation? Get out of here. Number two, Xbox is swinging big again and will be acquiring Sega in 2021. Hmm. Press X to doubt, I think. And the number one rumor here, or at least the last one on the list, is Xbox has already acquired two additional studios, aside from Bethesda Zinimax, with one being large and the other being small. Interesting. Interesting. I wonder what that could be. I wonder what I wonder what the small studio is. It's the guys that did Untitled Goose Game, maybe. That wasn't a small... That was Konami? No. What was that? I bet... Okay, I'm going to make a prediction right now that Microsoft has... Nope, because that's an exclusive game already. It's like Bloober Games or something. I don't know. I've downloaded the medium for... <laughs> Okay, all right. So on to this very organized episode of the podcast. Are you enjoying the podcast? If you are, leave leave a like on the on the on the Facebook page or the Apple podcast. Leave us a review, five stars, best ever. I will trade you uh, five camels for your po- podcast. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna talk a little bit about 2020. Uh, all my stuff got mixed up apparently that's terrible that's just terrible we'll put those over there and we'll put this back here and we'll think is that yep that's what that is perfect and then we got a b a b and then kind of a closer a transition and moving you don't care about any of this none of this matters okay so anthony like i said did a great job talking about 2020 and talking about some of the trials and tribulations and hardships and anxieties and frustrations that we all went through and shared as a as a as a species worldwide we were all suffering from the same kinds of isolation the same kinds of um, social social interaction deprivation we were all subjected to the tiger king back in march I need to stop messing with those. It's probably messing with the sound. Um, and then he, he kind of outlined, you know, how there is hope and there is excitement and then there is an eager anticipation for 2021. And I want to I want to echo that here. You know, we've talked about Anthony and, and myself. The podcast has been. It's been a real saving grace for us. It is a, an outlet. And even if we don't have listeners numbering in the thousands, we've got one or two people that we know, maybe a friend, a family a member, a spouse, a child. And it's, I don't know, it's a good, it's a good thing for my mind. I can't speak for Anthony. He's a brilliant man. He's a He's a gosh dang prodigy. Always has been <laughs> since you since he was a mullet wearing child. Ah, uh, 
So yes, we have all suffered through 2020 in some way, shape or form, whether it was just, you know, a person that you didn't get to talk to that you normally do, or it was a movie that you wanted to go see that was canceled or an event that you had organized years in advance that no one was able to show up to. But there were good things about 2020 as well. And as the kind of theme of this podcast, we're going to talk about a few of those that are in our purview. And so I wanted to look at the movies and nominate and then select a movie of the year. I wanted to look at the TV shows and then select a TV show of the year and then the games and select a game of the year. And I I didn't think it'd be fair because there's far too many movies. There's far too many shows. There's far too many games that I simply have not played. So I have jotted down a list of the games, movies, and shows that I did get a chance to watch, whether they were from this year or not. And of those, I am going to select my game of the year, my movie of the year, and my show of the year. Anthony is going to do the same, I hope, because (laughs) I texted him about it. And then for Culture Jack, collectively between he and I, we will have two games of the year, two movies of the year, and two shows of the year as well. So I'm I'm going to list to you the movies of 2020 that I watched. Uh, <laughs> so what I want you to do, if you're if you're still with me, if you're still listening to this podcast, is I'd like you to evaluate not the movies that you saw, but the movies that I saw. And guess which one you think I will select as being the movie of 2020. So the movies that I saw. And I'll give you a little background on each of them. Don't worry. I'm not going to leave you in the dark. Sonic the Hedgehog. I saw that um, right before the pandemic got started. This was one of the last, maybe it was the last movie that I saw in theaters. It was very good. It was a very good movie. I love Jim Carrey's portrayal as uh, Dr. Eggman. Uh, The Sonic character after the redesign, that was a conspiracy. If you haven't listened to that episode on this podcast channel, go back and listen to that because I do think There was a little uh, conspiratorial evidence there to suggest that Sonic was not as they would have us believe that he is. Uh, I saw Wonder Woman 1984. Just saw it. Gave you a little bit of my opinion at the beginning of the podcast there. Recently, this last month, I watched Fat Man with Mel Gibson. Now, I don't want to say, you know, too much, but... My favorite Christmas movie of all time? You bet. Absolutely. It was wonderful. The the portrayal of elves in this movie was the finest I've ever seen. And the portrayal of Santa Claus was, I think, probably the closest to how he actually is. That's what I think. Mulan. You know my opinion about Mulan. You know, and some of these that I have mentioned in the podcast, I'm not going to go into any further detail because if you are a listener of this show, you will know what I think about Mulan. Uh, Mulan was a movie I saw this year, the new one. 
uh, Crudes, A New Age. Damn it, I just talked about that one earlier too. Uh, the Old Guard on Netflix. Oh, that one was super cool. So did you see The Old Guard? They're all immortals and... Every time a new immortal is born, one of them loses their immortality and they start dying. And Charlize Theron was the main character in that one, I believe. Very good movie. I'm very excited for the sequel. And also there's a comic book series about it. So maybe I need to pick that up. Oh, for Christmas, I got the Umbrella Academy. Volume 1, 2, and 3. The big omnibus collections. Ooh. <laughs> uh, anyway, what else do we got? Over the Moon. I saw that on Netflix. That was a very good one. Uh, wait, I did talk about that on the podcast. Shouldn't have said it was a very good one. Artemis Fowl. Did I talk about that? I'm going to say that I think I did. But just in case I didn't, it was hot garbage. No one ever see it. <laughs> see if that's my movie of the year. Scoob, the animated Scooby-Doo movie. Very good. Very good. A wonderful take on the classic Scooby-Doo. I think way better. Uh, onward. Disney Pixar joint about the Elf Brothers and Tom Holland, Chris Pratt, I believe. Yeah. They went on a quest to find their father. Or no, they brought their father back to life, but only his pants. <laughs> uh, Bloodshot. I fell asleep during that movie. Bad Boys for Life. Martin Lawrence, Will Smith. Really good. It was really good. It was really good. Like, I don't typically like these, oh, hey, you know, we had our heyday and... We're all coming back together, grown-ups, Adam Sandler, Chris Rock-type situation. I don't care for that, but Bad Boys for Life did a really good job, I think, of walking that line between, I'm just, I'm old now, I can't do anything, isn't it hilarious how inept I am? And passing on the torch to a new generation. I think they did that well. I think they passed off that franchise and and hopefully it'll continue hopefully it did well enough i'm sure it did did that come out this year did i see that in the theaters too i might have might have saw that in the theaters as well palm springs i just watched recently andy sandberg uh they get stuck in like a time loop <laughs> so fans of culture jacked friends of culture jack listeners of culture jacked if you are beginning to get my personality, you will understand that things that mess with the normal normal laws of reality, things that, that bend time, that bend space, that distort the things that we perceive to be real are really my cup of tea. It really it gets my gets my Johnny's off, I'll tell you. And Palm Springs was one of those and they're trapped in this time loop and they're trying to figure out. And so they're just reliving the same day over and over and over again. And I spent a long time while I was watching that movie. And after I was done watching that movie, thinking if I would enjoy being trapped in a time loop, part of me says, yes, part of me says, uh, absolutely not. Borat subsequent movie film came out. It was a really, it was a really good one. It was not as good I think is the first one, but then sequels very rarely are. And the big payoff at the end wasn't even like a, it was like a big nothing burger. And so it was like everything that was advertised and all the news stories about it. It was just kind of like, yeah, that happened, but not the way we wanted you to believe it happened. Uh, Eurovision on Netflix. Very, very funny. Uh, the Willoughby's. I think that was on Netflix as well. Also very good. 
I just watched Death to 2020 as a very, very good satirical uh, mockumentary about 2020. And so we've all just been through it. Uh, see you later, 2020. Kiss my ass. Get out of here. But that was a very good show. The Invisible Man, which I guess was supposed to be kind of a, a retread on the on the dark universe that Tom Cruise tried to make with the mummy that I still haven't seen. The social dilemma was very good. Anthony turned me on to that one. Enola Holmes, uh, and the, uh, the Eternals and black widow. Those were all the movies that I saw this year. All right, everybody. See you later. Goodbye. No, I didn't see black widow and the Eternals, but I was supposed to coronavirus. You really screwed that up for me. Didn't you? So think about out of that list, which one was my movie of the year? Then for game of the year, I've got Cyberpunk 2077. Look, go listen to my previous episode. Or if you already did, you know what I think about it. Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, really good. A lot of nostalgia with that one. Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Apex Legends. Fortnite. Neon Abyss. Now, I told you some of these are ones that have already been out for a while and it's not like they're exclusive to this year. So Minecraft, Fortnite, Apex Legends. I still played them. Played a lot of them this year. So you decide. Were they my game of the year? Moss, a VR game. I'm a VR boy now. Spider-Man on PlayStation 4. Again, I know, came out a couple years ago, but I beat it. One of the few games I beat. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. A lot of great nostalgia on that one. Animal Crossing, New Horizons, which was garbage. I hate to say it because so many people enjoyed it, and it seemed to come at just the right time for so many people, but it really was just terrible. It was terrible filth. I'm I'm being too hard on it. It wasn't terrible filth. It was a game of its time. It was... It was an Animal Crossing game, and I, I played Animal Crossing before. I played it once on the DS, and I didn't like it then. I don't. The hype got me, man. Like, everybody saying what a great game this was made me think it was a great game and made me think that it was a game that I needed, but I didn't. Uh, God of War on PlayStation 4. Now, you'll notice Spider-Man, God of War, both PlayStation games, um, but I'm playing them. I have a PlayStation 4. You guys thought that I was such a big fan of the Xbox, and that's all I had? I've had a PlayStation 4 this whole time. I just don't talk about it because I never played anything on it. But I don't even need to get a PlayStation 5 because all of these great games on PlayStation 4, I've got a backlog. I haven't played The Last of Us. I haven't played God of War. I just beat Spider-Man for Pete's sake. Uh, Bloodborne. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to it. Spiritfarer. I began playing that with my daughter. Fall Guys, uh, again, another PlayStation game. I'm on there. Among Us, play that with my kids every weekend. Um, I don't know. It's, I guess it's worth the hype, even though it's, it's a 2018 game. It's not even a 2020 game. And Control. I began playing Control as well. Now, I am not going to just give 
this award today for the games. Oh, those are the games. So I'll show that to the... If you're watching one of the promos, I don't even know if I'll include this part on the promo. But if you're listening, what game do you think was my 2020 game of the year? All right. And so just like the games, the movies, all the ones that I watched, I finished. Obviously, it's a movie. It doesn't take that much of a time commitment. Shows and games are a different story because they do take a time commitment. So I would only give, even though I've seen these shows or some of these shows, I've only finished some of these shows. And I'm not going to give my prestigious Culture Jacked 2020 Game of the Year, Show of the Year, (laughs) or Game of the Year award to a game or show that I have not finished. So let that be a a clue to you. Um, the shows that I've included are Raised by Wolves. I finished it. Tiger King. I finished that too. Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> Utopia. You can be you can be sure I finished that first season. Truth Seekers. I did not finish it. Doom Patrol. I did not finish it, but I'm loving it. I think it's great. The Boys season two. Alice in Borderland is one I actually just started a couple weeks ago. And it's a, it's a Japanese import. These guys, they get disappeared, and nobody knows where they went. All of the population on Earth apparently has disappeared, and then they find themselves in this demented Saw-like game with all of these other survivors. And they have to compete every day to just get a respite for a few days before they have to compete again. And oftentimes the games are very deadly. No doubt it's it's based on a Japanese manga because it feels like a Japanese manga that I've read. It's it's not, though. I haven't read it. Animaniacs had a reboot on Hulu. Oh, I love the Animaniacs. So that's very, very good. Avenue 5, didn't finish it, but very, very fun. It's got the guy who plays House... Crossing Swords on Hulu. This is a robot chicken joint, and it's made by these little pog-looking people, I guess. Midnight Gospel. Very trippy. Animated by the folks that did Adventure Time, I believe. I could be mistaken. But apparently, it's an animation that is done off of this dude's podcast. So if anyone wants to animate... Uh, Anthony and myself, please feel free. And it it puts this this boy in like he's he's an interdimensional being, and he sticks in his head in this recreational large tube thing, and it sends him to one of the universes, one of the dimensions, where he then has a conversation with people who are about to die in an apocalypse in that dimension or in that universe. And so it's very weird. It's very bizarre. The great pretender is an anime that I started watching. Did not finish that either. Lovecraft country. I haven't finished it, but I have every intention to it's, it's like a racially charged period piece about this, uh, a group who's going across the country, finding places that are safe for black folks to eat at, go to, um, that, you know, during a time of segregation that they can, they can go and 
I don't know, just be, be safe at where they're not going to be uh, chided, attacked, persecuted, or killed. And they're going through this Southern town and they're trying to get out of the town by a certain time and they end up getting lost. And then these Lovecraftian horrors start attacking them. And I wasn't very familiar with Lovecraft, but apparently he was a notorious racist, but the show is amazing. The effects are top notch. The characters are amazing. The acting is wonderful. The writing is brilliant. I just haven't finished it. The league is not a 2020 release. I think it was canceled five or six years ago. Maybe my brother's got me watching the league. Cause I'm in a fantasy football league. Well, I was, I've lost. <laughs> I came in fifth out of six people. Now that's not right. But I wasn't last. I was not last. Big Mouth Season 4 came out, and I watched the heck out of that. And Mandalorian Season 2 came out, which I still haven't finished. So that's my list of shows for 2020. You go ahead and tell me what my show of the year is, my game of the year, and my movie of the year. And I'll come back and tell you if you're right or wrong here at the end of the episode. There were a lot of things that happened in 2020. 2020 was a momentous year and some things were, were good and some things were not so good. And depending on your perspective, that list could be very different from good to bad as well. So I, I kind of wanted to circle back around and talk about some of the big things that happened last year. Uh, and sticking with that topic in mind, that theme in mind. Uh, these are going to be focused around the industries that I enjoy, that Anthony enjoys, the movie industry, the video game industry. So we had two new consoles released last year. That's pretty cool. That doesn't happen every year. And one of the weird things when I was coming up with this list uh, that people were talking about is, do you remember how long they were delayed in, in just announcing the price? It was like a game of chicken between Sony and Microsoft. Who's going to announce first? Who's going to show who's going to show their butt first? And I think I think it was Sony that did. No, it was Microsoft that did. And they announced the uh, 500 for the Series X and the 300 for the Series S. And then Sony came out there shortly after 500 for the optical drive and 450 for the discless. No, it was 400. I don't know what the place I didn't buy a PlayStation. What'd you want from me? Anyway, we got new consoles. They were notoriously hard to get. They were bogged down by scalpers and bots and people that had just gamed the system. Internet websites went down from the retailers. They weren't able to keep these things on hand. And then Anthony and I had separate adventures on going out and getting one of our own. Last year, because of some unknown thing, E3 was canceled. And could this bode for a cancellation of future E3s? Do we even need a physical E3 anymore? Or will the digital, the digital renovation that 2020 caused us all to do in our lives be kind of a cursor, uh, a, a, um, 
precursor to them holding digital events in the future. I think it I think it just may be. Last year also we had a incredible legal dispute between Epic Games and Apple because Apple would not let Epic Games make those in-app purchases or or let customers make in-app purchases on Fortnite. And so they were booted off of the Apple ecosystem, which to this day still is not completely resolved, but Apple's going to get their way. They, they will stomp all over and spit out those Apple seeds uh, of Epic games. Another big news story was uh, Microsoft bought Bethesda. And so that's pretty, that's pretty big. Apparently if these rumors are to be believed, they're not done yet. Just recently, this last uh, month in December, there was the big controversy surrounding Cyberpunk 2077, all the bugs and glitches. Um, There was the delay with Halo Infinite. People were looking forward to that being a big release game or a launch game for the Xbox series, but that's been pushed back, and now it's going to be released holiday season 2021. So at least they've got time to make it right. And it's not this kind of piecemeal delay that cyberpunk was. So if you, if, if you recall, cyberpunk was delayed several times. Uh, we also found out that last year, the gaming industry is very profitable and the last of us two, there was a huge controversy over the last of us two. the story choices that the developers made for this game were not ones that were appreciated by a large portion of the fan base. And in movie news, big events of 2020, theaters shut down, some theater chains struggling to stay alive, and who knows how many theater chains will be shut down for good, or at least for a little while due to this whole pandemic thing, and how many little mom-and-pop theater stations will be will survive will survive the pandemic. It's it's yet to be seen, even into the new year. But that was something something new. And with that was the change from theatrical release on to video on demand. And then there's changes even in that where production studios and movie theaters had made agreements that they would shorten theatrical windows in order to accommodate lower grossing movies to a video on demand release style. Uh, And so that was pretty interesting. And that's going on today because 2021, we've got all of HBO Max doing its all entire library digitally. And then there's lawsuits regarding that as well from legendary against Warner media. It's crazy. It's crazy. 2020 was such a year. It's not done. It's going to seep over into 2021. No, say it ain't. So I'm done homeschooling. There was the rise and fall of Quibi that on your cell phone, you could watch quick movies and they were in a, I need to, I need to not do that. It's grotesque. I'm just going to do that for the rest of the episode. For those of you not watching the, um, not watching the previews, uh, the promos over on Facebook, well, you're really missing out because this is quite a show. They were vertically. They were The films were filmed vertically to accommodate kind of a in-the-store, waiting-in-the-checkout line, seven-minute video. Here we go. You can watch a little vertical movie. That petered out and died out quick. 
there was a bunch a bunch of big movie stars and celebrities and people of note that passed away last year but one that we covered on this podcast and one that was was very unexpected was the passing of Chadwick Boseman he passed in 2020 rest in power hopefully they they have a good respectful way to deal with his character in the Black Panther sequel uh, and then I already talked about the May uh, the the May the HBO Max release schedule as well all right all right let's talk about movies in 2021 that i am excited for no we're not going to talk about that we're going to talk about we're going to talk about things i'm excited for in 2021 see how organized i am i can just move from one note to the next it, it takes me nothing at all what do you think that i am a uh, highfalutin businessman yeah probably I probably, and you don't know what I do after after I'm done on this podcast. I could be going out and wheeling and dealing. Things that I'm excited for in 2021 include the MCU on Disney+. Plus. It's going to be a big year. They're supposed to have six Marvel shows. Six Marvel shows. Six Marvel shows on Disney+. Plus. I'm so excited. I cannot wait. And then the movies. There's going to be... Uh, more Marvel Cinematic Movies. It's been a year since we've had any. I'm very excited. I'm excited also to go back to the theater in general. Hang with my kids. Go with my family. Enjoy the movie theater and the popcorn and all that. 2020 Olympics are back on. They're also known as the 2021 Olympics in Tokyo. Uh, the vaccine is going to be rolled out. So, you know, it's it's tiring and frustrating to all of us and we're all ready for stuff to be over I think and I for one welcome the microchips that are going to be flowing through my bloodstream <laughs> there is a, Mario, a Super Mario World opening in Universal Studios Japan so that's pretty cool I saw there they did a Nintendo Direct on it last week um all the stuff looked computer animated and I was watching it with my brother and we were like, well, that's not big enough to be a theme park, but it, um, it looks like it's just a section of universal studios. I am looking forward to more announcements and more movies and more news and more trailers because one of the things that I love to do is I love to, to speculate and think about the things that are on the horizon because oftentimes those quick little moments the, that quick little tinge of excitement about a superhero movie may be all that I get because I only have a limited amount of time in a year. I only have a limited amount of years on the earth. I can only watch so much. And so if I get a, a big batch of excitement by watching a trailer for Loki or by watching a trailer for Falcon and the Winter Soldier or or just hearing about the fact that Black Widow is going to be coming out in a couple of weeks. That might be all I get, but man, that little bit of a rush, that little bit of a uh, dopamine hit, it really goes It really goes a long way. And I'm also looking forward to, last thing on the list, is expanding Culture Jacked. I'm looking forward to more conversations with you. I'm looking forward to actually having some, so please... Leave a comment, if you will. Leave us a review. I'm the only guy on the review, and I left a very charming uh, and incredible review for myself. 
Anthony got nothing. Nothing out of the deal. Not to mention all those things. There's a bunch of games I'm excited for in 2021. I'm just going to go through this list here, tell you about it. Halo Infinite, Sinuous Saga 2, Hellblade, uh, Psychonauts 2, Ghostwire Tokyo, Little Devil Inside. I'm really excited about Little Devil Inside. The Medium, I've got it downloaded on my Xbox already. However, it's already needed like a 30 gigabyte update. So they're doing some fixing before. They don't want any of that cyberpunk hate that they that cyberpunk got online. Far Cry 6, Ma Mass Effect, the Legendary Edition. I didn't play all the Mass Effects. That might be something I'm interested in. But again, probably won't play that one. Lord of the Rings, Gollum, God of War, Ragnarok, Resident Evil Village. And uh, there, the, there's a, a game list that's huge. I just picked a couple of the big ones. But if you go on to uh, the Internet, go to the Google and type in games, radar, uh, video game releases, you will get a, a list that's several pages long. You can look through all the new releases that are coming, but there's a lot of new games that are coming, a lot of good new games that are coming as well. Movies that I'm excited for in 2021. I will let you take a breath and guess what the number one movie I am the most excited about in 2021. You ready? It's Black Widow. Of course it's Black Widow. There's a lot of uh, Warner Brothers movies coming out. Dune, Matrix 4, Suicide Squad, Godzilla vs. Kong. Anthony and I talked about all those. Uh, the Eternal, Shang-Chi, Venom 2, Spider-Man 3, Morbius. Even the Justice League with the Snyder Cut on HBO Max, I am excited for. Partly because I rewatched a little bit of Justice League to just refresh my memory. Before the big show. Uh, Rhea and the Last Dragon. Sherlock Holmes 3. With Robert Downey Jr. I didn't even know that was done. I mean it's got to be done. Unless Google's wrong. Which that could be as well. Uncharted with Tom Holland. Nathan Drake's story. Black Adam. Another Dwayne Johnson one. Jungle Cruise. Chaos Walking. Uh, Coming to America. The sequel. With Eddie Murphy. He's back. This is great. This is all great. And then uh, of course... The unbearable weight of massive talent. All coming in 2021. And that's not even a, a complete list either. I think we're all, we're all going to be a little bit more excited about going to the movies. A little bit more excited about the prospects of a good, good 2021. Of a good year that has no worldwide hiccups that we have to deal with. Because I think that's how the... The WHO and the CDC described it. They said, well, look at this little hiccup that we're going through. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Well, that's it for the show, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope your week wasn't as miserable as I think your week was. I hope your weekend is way better than that. Make sure you stay tuned uh, for Monday for the Monday Madness show. And then again... On Wednesday, where you'll get another little treat from Anthony and myself. Make sure that you leave us a review. Okay, this was all a ruse. I knew the whole time. For those of you that stayed behind to find out what my game of the year, my movie of the year, and my show of the year was, were disappointed when I started talking about the end of the show and probably tuned out already. But I wouldn't do you like that. I wouldn't do you dirty like that. So I just wanted to see 
who the true believers were, the zealots. I wanted to see uh, who I thought had the dedication to earn my choices. (laughs) All right. Here it is. The game of the year for 2020 is a drumroll, please. Final Fantasy Tactics. Come on. Come on. It was such a good game, though. I mean, it was such a good game. Fallout New Vegas? All right. The game of the year for 2020 is Ori and the Blind Forest. No, not Ori and the Blind Forest. Ori and the Will of the Wisps. So good. I love the first game, Ori and the Blind Forest. And the, the second, the sequel, has even cranked it up a notch. I haven't even downloaded it on my new Series X console, but apparently they've fine-tuned and optimized it and raise the fidelity and the frames per second on it, so that it's just absolutely gorgeous and very, very smooth. So I'm very excited to see that one. So, game of the year, Ori and the Will of the Wisp. Congratulations, Moon Studio. You deserve everything, everything that you get. And for my movie of the year, you ready? You ready for it? Unico. <laughs> it's not Unico. My my movie of the year is Palm Springs. Because I just, I love the time warping thing. And yes, Fat Man was very close. Uh, but I love just kind of the idea of our reality being distorted in a way. Anything, any movie or show that's going to upload someone to a simulation or it's going to move consciousness from one place to another or it's going to rewrite the rules that we know I think are just ideas that are so interesting to be explored because yeah Wonder Woman jumping over a building in a truck and and lassoing the the clouds with her with her whip it's a lasso it's not a whip Lasso, lasso and I mean, I guess they could be used to similar effects, just depend on how you use them. All of that's fantastic, but it doesn't supercharge my brain like something mind-bending like Palm Springs does. And so that's why Palm Springs, congratulations, you're my 2020 movie of the year. Finally, for my show of the year, and just like the games, this has to be a show that I finished. And so... Uh, for game of the year, game of the year, I already did game of the year. This podcast has gone on too long. What am I? Oh, shoot. I'm over an hour. I'm so sorry I've kept you. You probably have to go to the bathroom. You can take me to the bathroom. I won't be able to see it. This is actually just a digital recording of me. I don't exist in the now that you think I do. I exist in the time before. And so if I'm in the bathroom with you, it doesn't mean I don't know why I'm getting so in detail with this, but my show of 2020 that I definitely finished was Utopia. I'm not even going to mess around. It was a great show. It had a wonderful premise. It had great acting. It had uh, comic books, but in a way that it wasn't just a comic book show. It was a comic book show about a comic book conspiracy that turned out to be an actual conspiracy. And it was wonderful. It was just wonderful. But with that... I'm excited to hear what Anthony's game of the year was, his movie of the year, and his TV show of the year was. And also, if you 
had something else on that list. You cannot choose a game, movie, or show that was not on my list. If you had something else on, on that list as your game, movie, or show of the year, please leave it in a comment somewhere, maybe on Facebook, at Culture Jacked. Maybe over at Twitter, at Culture Jacked. Or maybe just send it to us in an email at culture.collective.x2 at gmail.com. That's the show. Farewell 2020, you absolute piece of hot garbage. 2021, get over here. <laughs>